Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 14th of June 2011. For newcomers, look into the website cuttingthroughthematrix.com and help yourself to the audios which are there for free download. There's hundreds to choose from and hopefully by halfway through it maybe you'll get the idea of the big system and, and what it is and who runs it that runs this world, the big, big plan that you're living through. Your life is just a blip like your parents were a blip in time. And big plans are made long, long before any of them are born, generations ago. And just like a big business plan, really. And the future is always brought in by those who hold the present, those who have the money and the power. They don't plan to lose it, so therefore they plan the future. Quite simple, really. And all you have to do is make sure that the educational system is on board with you to make sure we all get the same indoctrination. It doesn't have to be any truth in it, or very little truth for that matter. And you've got to make sure that the media takes over entertainment and so on to reinforce all your indoctrination. So as you'll think everything's quite normal as you go through the world with uh, perpetual wars and that kind of stuff going on. So help yourself to the audios and you'll find uh, transcripts too and all the sites I have listed on the com site in English. And you can get transcripts in other languages if you go into Alan and Watt Sentinel, sentinel.eu. Help yourself to those two. Remember, too, that you're the audience that bring me to you. I'm not commercialized. I could be, certainly. And I certainly have all the offers for it. But I've gone the suicidal ways, I say, because Scotland, you see, is a patron saint of lost causes. And that's what I'm doing. I'm just chronicling the, the, the events as we go down the tubes. And uh, for those who want to know what's happening, that's really what I'm here for, to show you how it's kind of done and why, why things happen, the big whys. So you can buy the books and discs I have for sale at cuttingthroughmates.com and keep me going. And from the U.S. to Canada, you can use a personal check. You can use an international postal money order. You can also use cash. And you can use PayPal. You'll find the PayPal button on the com site, and you can uh, follow it up with an email with your name, address, and order, and I'll get it out to you. Remember, two straight donations are certainly most welcome. Across the rest of the world, same idea. You've got so, PayPal to order or donate, and you've got uh, MoneyGram, and you've got Western Union. And so make use of them, too, uh, as long as we've got them. Eventually, there'll only be one system, sure, for the whole world, and everything will be electronic. So that's just the way it's designed to go. Now, what, what we, I do here in the broadcast is to try, as I say, to tie things together, to show you that it's not, it's kind of staggering in its size of the managerial global system that you have, the, the class of world managers that run the world today, and the big corporations all intertwined, interlaced, and you'd be surprised to find that very few of these companies actually made it on their own up to that level, and so some of the famous people, you know, too, to do with the Internet didn't make it themselves either. They're put out there as fronts, 
And you can't get up into the big boys' world unless they put the hand down. Just like the Matrix, where they pulled Neo out of the water after he was reborn again and pulled him up. That's how you get up into the big system after being tried and tested and found true, as they say, meaning you keep your mouth shut, take the loot, and, and do whatever you're told. It's a corrupt system, of course. They don't see it as corrupt themselves. They see us as, as really a peasant class, uh, very stupid, actually, and they refer to us often in that manner. So they have nothing to really worry about because the mainstream media is not there to keep you really informed about anything except what they want you to focus on. And we know that Brzezinski said the same thing years ago in one of his books. Eventually the public will be unable to reason for themselves. They will expect the media to do it for them. And they give you lots of trivia and stuff that you can do nothing about. And that's what your head really is full of most of the time. Back with more after this break. Hi, folks. We're back cutting through the matrix. And I say we chronicle things as we go through life because you eventually realize that anything that's there for you to believe in, and that's mainly your politicians and your governments and so on, really are so fake. Uh, They're not running the world at all. And even presidents and prime ministers are lucky to know a fraction of the staff near the top by the time they're finished their term. There's hundreds and hundreds of names and all the rest of it and departments, etc. So uh, they have a whole panel of advisors who, who know the real score of what's really going on. And these are the guys who, who have been to their bosses, the ones who really run the world. And they tell the presidents and prime ministers what to do, what to sign, and how wealthy they'll be once they leave office when they get 25 or more directorships on various corporations, things like that, and ghost-written books churned out for them. So that's how it's really run. And they don't mind that at the very, very top because uh, money is nothing to them whatsoever. These are the guys who are in charge of all money systems and central banking systems. Uh, and, of course, they can, uh, they can have it churned out by writing a check. Just here, print out another few billion dollars. It's quite nothing at all. You could do the same thing yourself if they'd allow you to, but they won't. Don't like competition. And that's the key to it, too, because really you have to go back into history to find out how corporations started. And to look at corporate law, for instance, is very, very amazing and detailed. And, and it comes into it comes maritime law as well, because even with the British East India Empire, you'll find uh, so, so, much, so many interesting things. It, it was a truly a, a, a corporation. International, because it, it was really partly owned by Britain at one point and, and by Holland as well, by their royal families and all their minions of cousins. They, they had shares in these uh, companies, and then they split into the two separate companies. And really, they forced trade upon the rest of the world. They literally did um, go into countries and force them at the point of the cannon. If they didn't cooperate and trade with them, they'd blow them up. We know what happened, of course, with India, uh, not with India, with, uh, well, they did similar things here too, but with, uh, definitely with, um, China. If you didn't trade with China, they just put masses of bales of pure opium on your shores every day and went back to their boats and sat and waited. And after a while, there were so many people hooked that the place became dysfunctional. 
and uh, they got what they wanted for quite some time. So many of the big players today are descended from the families that made their money, in fact, from the opium wars and other kinds of uh, of scenarios across the world. This, they've always, always been here. So monopoly is very important to them. And monopolists don't believe in competition. That's the whole idea. You must have... You must make sure that you're in control of everything, that you own the resources, you own all the, the production, you own everything. And any competitor who comes along is not given the so-called, I don't know where they got it from, the, the, the British handshake of good old boy stuff and fair contest and all that. It's never existed. Uh, they simply uh, annihilated you one way or another. And we know that the U.S. took over from Britain and became the, the the most amazing leader for international corporations. And we're going along a, a, a plan, as I say, starting in London and then going into the U.S. And, uh, of course, New York became the financial capital, basically, for an empire. That's why I call it the Empire State. It was designed to be, and uh, they finance corporations across the globe, and uh, money flows back and forth like you would not believe. So corporations don't like competition. And, of course, we also know that from the same clique that formed, and there's been quite a few different cliques, of course, and many of them amalgamate. Sometimes they start off at opposite ends of the board with each other, but eventually they amalgamate, just like the Cecil Rhodes Foundation amalgamated with the Lord Alfred Milner Foundation to form the Royal Institute of International Affairs, which sounds very legitimate, doesn't it? Royal Institute, like the Federal Express but they were given a royal charter to exist, and their job was to take over all the resources of the whole planet. And that means everything, including your water supply across the world. And uh, corporations would run everything that you need for living. Water, food, everything. And that's what you're going through now, is the end of the long, long planning stage, a hundred odd years for the last century, to get it all up and running for this century, the century of change, where they toss this idea of democracy out the window. After they use it, mind you, they use it like a shield whenever they invade a country to bring them democracy, but they toss it out the window back home because that's all it is. It's just a farce of a, and a pretense, always was. You know, the big boys watched the revolutions in previous times with great interest because it could often mean their neck. And when they saw what happened in France, for instance, and they got a bit carried away at times, uh, they did not want that to happen elsewhere, especially in Britain. And so they thought, well, the best thing to do is to manage conflict. And that's what they do. They manage conflict. And then they realized that they could actually change the future by getting conflict started, uh, creating the groups that would oppose each other, coming to agreements that would further their own cause at the top. That's how it's run. And that's, that's where we are today with, with the, the departments that manage conflict. You'll see them up at all university sites and so on. And then they go and work for the government. So that's how you, you run the world. You make sure that it's your future that happens and not something that comes out of left field. And uh, you, you manage it exactly to where you want it to come. Now, the Royal Institute of International Affairs, as it later became, as I say, had an American branch, Council on Foreign Relations, but they also, uh, even under the Milner title, uh, and the All Souls College group, that's where they met to see lifelong members of All Souls College, the high members, they planned uh, literally the takeover of the entire world. Not a new idea to them, too, because even when they had the 
the British East India Company was sailing its flag across the world using a British Navy to enforce its laws. Uh, they had different people like Francis Bacon and so on, and uh, people before him even talking about a, a British empire, a British, he spelled it with a Y then. And they believed that they would bring their system of government or governance across the whole planet using a type of free trade for the members that would come into it. But along with free trade came obedience to the home country. And that's still part of it yet, whether they like it or not, because most decisions are still made in London at very high levels, and the U.S. and everyone else follows suit. They also talked about setting up in areas that it's hard to get into. Uh, even in Ireland, in fact, they set up um, their own little area in Ulster, and uh, that would become a thorn aside for the Irish for an awful long time by putting in people who are basically foreigners with different religion, different belief, but an absolute obedience to the crown. And they said the same thing for, for Israel, because um, Lord Storrs, as he was called, who was the, the uh, governor general for, for uh, Palestine, it was called then, in the 1920s and 30s, said the same thing. He says, he says we have set up by uh, Jewish immigration an Ulster in mid- the Middle East. In other words, something that was loyal to London and uh, to the banking system and so on. And it would cause strife amongst those around them. And at any time, they could always call upon the British system or the empire to go to help them. And that's what the same technique they tried to use in Ireland as well. And you've got to understand, too, that they set up the system called communism. Because rather than allow something to come along that would take off and it was not in their hands and cause mayhem, maybe do them all in, they decided to create something that would really fire up the imagination for the working man rather than have him, have him come up with a theory of his own, his own ideology, and have a good leader, they gave us Karl Marx. And they also, of course, gave us communism. Well documented, uh, the whole history of communism, how the West financed it into existence by Professor Anthony Sutton. Uh, I'll put links up at the end of this, the broadcast tonight uh, on some of the books you should get. One of them is called... Um, who funded the Bolshevik Revolution. And another one, too, is called Who Financed Hitler? Same people, same same group of people financed both sides, you see. And we can clue that in from those writings and those books with Carl Quigley's writing, The Anglo-American Establishment, to, to match them together, and you'll find out that that is right, because they were tremendously interested in how the Soviet system was going. It was the fastest way to bring up a new system uh, by literally slaughtering millions of people, get them out the road, terrify everyone else, get a young generation, give them hard indoctrination, and then use it as a big experimental camp, basically, which they would eventually use with the West. That also came out uh, with the Rees Commission, I've gone through that before, and Senator Norman Dodd, Wrote a book, uh, helped write a book about it uh, called The Foundations, Their Power and Influence. And he, he said that he was shocked when he found out, and the reason for the commission inquiry was to find out how these big multi-trillion dollar foundations could be funding all these non-governmental organizations, mainly far left wing. And um, Quigley even said that the Council on Foreign Relations was often mistaken for the Communist Party because the goals were basically the same. Well, if they're the same, they were the same. 
And God was told by the head, I think, of the Ford uh, Foundation that uh, the purpose of the foundations was to so drastically and radically change the face and culture of America and the Western world uh, that it could blend eventually peacefully with the Sovietized system completely. That was education as well, and uh, we have that today. We, uh, you, you have to pretty well be everything but a communist to, to, to get into university and, and to be accepted by students who've already had their early conditioning and certainly by the professors who are all pretty well communistic and Marxist in, their, in their, the way they view the world. They call themselves liberals, and that's what Khrushchev called them too when he came over. He said, when he was asked about the Communist Party of America, he said, well, they don't, we don't call them communists uh, in America. He says, we call them liberals. And, of course, I've talked about uh, what liberalization actually means and what its purpose is for. It's pretty well done it all by now. The culture is gone. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back and we're cutting through the matrix and just before going to some callers, there's a, an article out from the ACLU, which is one of the far left organizations that was set up, but they come up with good stuff too and um, it talks about the House and in May, of course, the House passes authority for worldwide war and since the House just passed the National Defense Authorization Act uh, including a provision to authorize worldwide war, which has no expiration date. Now, remember that article I read oh, maybe a year ago, two years ago, on perpetual war from the military magazine? Well, I'll maybe put that up tonight again to that link and let you see it. And it says, to show you, it's just a big plan. You see, you're living through a script. And it says, allow this president and any future president to go to war anywhere in the world at any time without further congressional authorization. Uh, Hail Caesar, eh? it's all here. The new authorization wouldn't even require the president to show any threat to the national security of the United States. The American military could become the world's cop, it already is, and could be sent into harm's way almost anywhere and everywhere around the globe. Before the vote, the House debated an amendment that would have struck the worldwide war provision. That amendment was introduced by a bipartisan group, and it gives you the names of who brought it in. Since given the normative of the proposed law, you expect the House to debate the amendment to strike it extensively, but that's not what happened. They debated it for 20 minutes, and then they passed it, but it's only in the first phase. However, uh, I don't think it makes much difference about what they say on paper these days, to be honest with you, and that's just the way it is. Now, uh, there's a long-distance caller uh, hanging on there. Is it Fabit from Saudi Arabia? Hello? Hello? Yes, uh, how are you, uh, Alan? Uh, I am a long-time listener. Uh, I admire uh, everything uh, you do and the information you provide. Hello? Yes, I can hear you. Thanks. Yep. Okay. Uh, I want to speak uh, about the situation in the Arab world. Uh, it, is, uh, it is very worrying that what's happening... And what has happened for the last 200 years to the Arab world. Yep. Uh, the Arab world uh, is a one nation, speaks the same language, and has uh, diverse uh, religions, uh, and has the same history. 
it has many uh, things in common, the people of the Arab world. Yeah. But uh, since the last 600 years, we had 400 years of occupation by the Ottoman Empire, which, which has uh, tried to uh, dissolve the Arab identity and uh, dissolve the Arab language and replace it with the Turkish language, but that, that has failed. Mm-hmm. And after the Ottoman uh, <coughs> Empire rule of the Arab world, uh, the uh, colonial uh, uh, invasion of the Arab world and Britain and uh, France and other uh, European nations has uh, uh, taken pieces of the Arab world under its control. Uh, and, and now, and now, we see far more dangerous things than uh, occupation. Uh, since the, most of the Arab uh, countries has got uh, their independence 15 years ago, uh, 50 years ago, there uh, there has there has been uh, a lot of uh, pieces of land of the, belonging to the Arab uh, people and to the Arab countries have been taken away by neighboring countries, such as uh, Turkey, which has taken more than half of Syria. The, uh, the, the, uh, the nowadays Syria is a, is a much smaller version of, of what Syria used to be. And uh, you have Iran, uh, which has taken the Ahwaz uh, region, in the, in the, in the uh, eastern of Iraq, which is 80% of Arab people. And uh, you, you see uh, Palestine have, have been taken and uh, vanished off the map by the Zionists. You see, uh, you see Libya, Libya t- uh, today being bombed, its, infra- in its infra- uh, infrastructure being destroyed for uh, for false for false uh, uh, reasons, such as supporting uh, rebels, armed rebels who are uh, attacking uh, military, civilians, and other who are backed by Qaeda. Yeah. And uh, and uh, many many other things destabilizing the Arab world. So, in in uh, in my view, and uh, I share this view with many other uh, Arab people, that it is it is a war on humanity. Of course, mm-hmm. yeah. no one no one denies it. But uh, I think there's a there's a there's a big uh, interest in the Arab world, especially. I'm not saying uh, that uh, they don't have their uh, own agendas about other parts of the world. But the Arab world have been targeted for centuries and centuries, and uh, uh, you see uh, every uh, every country every country on its own. While the while the Arab people are one nation, you see twenty two. I tell you, hold on, uh, hold on, and we'll go into more of that when you come back from this break.
You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. We're back and we're cutting through the matrix. I'll we'll go back to Fabit if he's on the phone. Are you still there? Yes, I'm still there. Yeah, please continue. Yeah. Uh, so I was, as I was talking earlier, uh, there is, uh, there is, uh, they, are, they are targeting anyone who speaks about Arab unity, in particular, because Arab unity means to them that this uh, nation. Uh, this nation will will gather its resources, gather its manpower, its wealth, its and uh, that that goes against their agenda in divide and conquer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, um, the Arab, the Arab, the Arab, uh, the idea of the Arab unity. Has many, has many uh, uh, humanic uh, uh, sides. You see, the, the the message of Arabism, the message of the Arab people, is in fact a, a human message. L- let me give you an example. When when the the Arab civilization at at its best, the the Arab land and the Arab universities were open to foreigners. The, 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 the Arab civilization has benefited the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Arab uh, civilization, uh, the Arabs did, uh, didn't have, uh, like, uh, uh, conquering the world dreams and, and uh, invading other, other countries. I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not, Saying that 100% of uh, uh, of, all, of all the things that in, in, in the Arab history are 100% right, but the general message, the, gen- the general feeling in the in the Arab people is, is peace and for humanity. We say, we say we Arabs. I'm telling you, like you are sitting in between in between us, like Arabs. We yeah. we believe that. Our our message, our final message, is for humanity. The first step starts with Arab unity, and then ends with the, with the human benefit. Mm-hmm. So, th- this nation, and and uh, I respect all humankind. I don't have, I don't think that Arabs are better. I don't think Arab, they are the same. But I'm saying, uh, this nation is supposed to have its role in the world and it is supposed to have its human uh, beneficial uh, role. Mm-hmm. In fact, that, that was signed into the United Nations initially too. Uh, the United Nations said that they would take all members in regardless of what kind of government they had and that was, that was written in ink and they all signed it and now they're turning on those same people because they're claiming that they're not democratic. So in other words, they've broken their own laws at the United Nations. They know this too. Uh, and the Western world, unfortunately, is so ignorant of the history of the Arabian countries 
They don't even know that most of the philosophy that they read from the ancient Greeks uh, was lost for a long time, and we got it from the Arabian countries. They don't know that medicine up until the 20th century was pretty well coming from from uh, very old Arab uh, techniques and so on, even eye surgery. I mean, they're, they're very ignorant, and of course Hollywood has done a great job in keeping them ignorant yes. uh, of this whole thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so just to finalize my, my speech here, or, or my my phone call, I just want to say uh, I believe in the humanity. I believe in even uh, even the people that are uh, living in uh, ignorance. Once they know the real fact, the humanity within within them it will uh, force them to do right things for all people. I, they, are, they are depending on the ignorance of the people. They build on the weakness in the world and the ignorance ignorance in the world. Yes, if you yeah. if you confront them with facts, they confront you with uh, propaganda, feelings, emotions. Mm-hmm. They don't. Uh, so uh, uh, Libya is is a very worrying problem to me right now. I, I'm originally from Syria, but I'm not worried. I'm not worried about what's going on in Syria because, in my, in my opinion, it's all uh, it's all to take away the the lights of the Libya issue. The real issue is in Libya, yeah. and uh, and uh, I, I would say that most of the a good part of the Arab world knows Muammar Gaddafi and supports him. I I personally do. I don't think. There's a one important issue. They say that he is the ruler, uh, ruler for 42 years and stuff. If you, if you, I know you are a, an educated person. If you just research about the system in Libya, the system in Libya is a one of a kind. Yeah. I, I personally didn't know until two months before the protest uh, uh, came in Libya. Until two months, we, I, I am an Arab and well educated, and I didn't know because. The, the, the media has taken our minds off, off things like that. Mm-hmm. So the, the system in Libya it consists of local authority. Every town, every neighborhood, uh, the people of that neighborhood decide any issue they want and they apply it immediately. They don't need, like if they want to uh, build a school or modify a street, they don't have to... Uh, take the issue to the uh, higher people, and the higher people take it to the higher people, and the, and, and the thing it takes months months to uh, to complete. No, they 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 decide, they make it, and Muammar Gaddafi has been a symbol of the revolution mm-hmm. uh, to, to that. So so. Even the, the, the democratic countries that are talking about democracy and spreading democracy, they don't have that system. In Syria, we don't have that system. In the United States, you don't have that system. Yeah. I believe that in, in Western countries, there is a, a dictatorship through democracy. Yeah, yeah, you're right on with that. You're absolutely right on. Absolutely sure. Yeah. People, uh, you elect a, a congressman, for, for example. This congressman... Is interested in you while you are supporting him. You're going, uh, you're putting your vote. Once he he enters the the ruling uh, place or uh, in ruling uh, position, he forget, he forgets all about you and starts to worry about 
himself, his uh, his uh, deals with others, his uh, place, his so. I see and I feel the suffering, suffering of Western people and Arab people and all all of all of the people. The, the whole world right now, the whole world has a war on the world. Yeah, yeah. Yes, and let and let me tell you frankly, uh, Alan, that in Libya there is a stunning example. And one of the things I am very very sad about. Besides the, the, the people that are uh, being killed without no right, is the system itself. It's, it is a unique system in Libya. I wish I could move to Libya just for that system. Mm-hmm. I wish the system in Libya, I'm not talking about Muammar Gaddafi. Maybe, maybe Muammar would die. No one knows. Maybe, maybe anyone will come. I don't care about the, peop- uh, the persons. I care about the, the, the kind of system. Well, I, I do know the system is, is, the, is the, the one country that's poured most of its money back into uh, the populace, and uh, you get free schooling right up through university. It costs you nothing uh, for, for, for lodgings and board, your food and so on. Uh, medical, medical care is all free. I mean, that's uh, amazing. We don't even have that in the West here. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me tell you uh, just a little example about the things that uh, I was. It is astonishing in Libya. You have six, six million people in Libya. That's a, a relatively small number of people. You have 50 university, 50, yeah. 50, 50 university with the latest equipments, big campuses. Uh, no one, no one in Libya in Libya goes outside of Libya for work. Everyone in the Arab world goes to the uh, rich oil countries in the Gulf to work. We have never seen one Libyan. All the people from the Arab world go to work That's in right. Libya. Yep. And, and one thing else, Muammar, he is the one that transitioned Libya from the uh, all uh, desert area. They didn't have, they didn't know uh, any uh, what are the buildings was. When 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 uh, there's a funny story when he first. Uh, built uh, these buildings and uh, introduced it to people. Those people with uh, with the sheep and the goats, <laughs> they looked at the uh, the uh, bath uh, bathtub. They didn't know what what was uh, what it was for. Yeah. So they put their sheep in it. <laughs> yeah. With their sheep in it. <laughs> yeah. Because 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 it was a tra- transitional move for Libya. Uh, yeah. Also, everyone has a has a percentage in the oil of the country, and uh, what can I say? There's uh, many many things. But as you know, actually, it's down to 49 universities because I read there that uh, uh, the NATO just bombed one of them and uh, flattened it. So uh, it, it is horrible what's going on. Uh, this was prepared long in advance, as I'm sure most people know. With, with the soft power revolutions of teaching of students, bringing students in from other countries for this to make it appear it was an internal revolution. And, uh, and they actually wanted the same Arab Spring nonsense, as, as they call it, to the Pentagon, to continue through all the countries because it's the same agenda as Bush had with the New American Century where they named off the countries they wanted to take down. 
and it was to end with Syria, apparently. So um, these guys are on the same course. There's only one plan here, and uh, I, I think the Americans themselves feel as just as helpless uh, about their governments. They're ter- in fact, they're frightened of their governments now. Yes. People are frightened of their government. They're in a, Canada just declared last week there at the High Court of Canada that America was officially a police state. And Britain is pretty well close behind it. And so, so we're, we really are rushing to the bottom. And I've said this for years as they finish off the destruction of the Arab countries. See, they, they will not allow any different system than the one they have. That's, they're standardizing this system across the entire planet. And they don't care what it costs in life or, or, or anything else. They, they have no care whatsoever. And the people back home, uh, I think feel pretty well helpless. Uh, and their, their government is far too far removed from them. The public have no say in, in this, this. It's not a democracy by any means whatsoever, you know. Yes. But it's, it's terribly sad because, I mean, the slaughtering that was on makes me sick. And uh, uh, there's so many videos out now where the, the Allied forces uh, that have sponsored uh, Al-Qaeda and other rebels, just henchmen, really, mercenaries for hire, and they've gone through whole towns and raped and slaughtered, and it's just utterly sickening. And how they can try to bring some glory out of that for this great new world order, I, I do not know. You'd have to be very sick yourself to, to, to accept that. But it's what's so true is that the public, as I say, are completely ignorant of the Arab countries. They don't even know that America's first uh, naval uh, war was against Arabian countries, you know. It was, no, it was no sooner formed as the U.S. and the first time they sent a fleet off was into the Gulf uh, in their history. They don't even know that. And, and they don't know uh, about the British interventions there uh, coming in to take over newspapers, to, to start the gossip, to get the strife going at the times of Lawrence. And they haven't read the Seven Pillars of Wisdom where they basically um, decided after World War I to, to divide up these countries on behalf of Britain so that Britain would control all the oil and, and, and so on. They have no idea at all that they have Hollywood, Hollywood, Hollywood. And I'll put up tonight again that link to Hollywood's uh, defamation of the Arab countries. It's called Real Bad Arabs. And that's all the people have seen their entire lives for generations as the same nonsense. They don't see the cities, the first world countries' cities. They don't see the universities. They don't see the hospitals. They don't see uh, the social services. They see none of that whatsoever. All they see is desert and people in the desert. That's what they get shown. Uh, the Arab countries in this move, in this uh, recent uh, Arab Spring, I don't call it Arab Spring. It's, a, it's an Arab disaster. It's an yeah. Arab uh, hell. It's an Arab whatever. But yes, yeah, it's fomented by the West. Put it this way, the West is the one that's watering the garden here. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so they want. Uh, they have a big agenda. But, but one of the things I always notice in in movies, I, I watch a lot of American movies. Everyone in the world is mm-hmm. like uh, pulled by this American uh, uh, cinema machine or uh, organization. Yeah. So. What I see is, is very, I, I get very sad about it. Let me tell you one thing. In, in the last year I've been in Scotland, I've, I've studied uh, in, Scot- in Scotland, in Glasgow. Mm-hmm. Uh, are, you from, are you from Scotland? A bit north, a bit north of Glasgow, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So, uh, like, I, I've, I've, been, I've been introduced to the 
the uh, Scottish or the British community. There's a, there's a lot of good good sides of the British community I, I admire very much. Mm-hmm. And uh, they are nice people and uh, they are friendly and uh, I've benefited a lot from that visit, from that year. But the thing is that what, what makes me sad is being the, and, and, and I'm sorry if that, if that, uh, if, if what I'm saying, if what, if what I'm going to say is gonna be like uh, hurtful to some people, but I want to say what's in my heart. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really was sad to see the gay agenda being being put in the, in the community, in the television, in the schools, in the, even even in in, in all movies, in all. I know I know that it's a crime to 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 say something uh, uh, to say something uh, about that that issue in in Britain or uh, USA. It has become uh, something of, of of a legal issue. Mm-hmm. You see, you can't you can't really talk about that. I I am against that. Not not from a religious uh, position. Uh, that, that concerns me. If, if I have something religious against that, that concerns me. But what I am concerned for the uh, Western people, and then will follow us there, what I am concerned for the Western people is this is destroying the family mechanism. That's if the purpose. You, that is the purpose, yeah. yeah. Yes. I am sorry to, 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 if I offend some people uh, uh, that, Think, uh, they think uh, you should be uh, you should be with that agenda. You should be uh, whatever uh, is that. I I, w- I, w- I am saying my my opinion honestly. This is a disaster. I mean, this 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 is uh, this thing uh, has has not been into has not been put into a personal choice just only. So no. if, if you want. If you want to be whatever you be, be. But, yeah. but keep that to yourself. And yes, it shouldn't be forced upon the public. But again, the Pentagon helps fund a lot of this, these movies too. But, but thanks for calling. And call again. Uh, and I'll be back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix. And just to add a little bit to, to what Fabit was talking about too, uh, the whole world, the whole so-called civilized world's had a war on it for a long time. And the masters of revolutions have been behind it because you don't realize you've gone through the sexual revolution, umpteen different revolutions since, and it's one thing after another. And you don't realize that you see, you now, you now, are the, 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 the counter-terrorists, the, the, the ones that the communists used to say that they find the, the counter-terrorists there, the ones who are against the revolution, that's where you are now. You see, the ones that you've been voting for belong to a different organization altogether, all along, a third organization. And they were the ones behind all of these cultural changes, and they did say that they would destroy the family unit. There was a prime 
plank of the Communist Manifesto, the League of Nations said they would promote homosexuality primarily because they'd have no children. They didn't want offspring. They wanted to depopulate the world. And that agenda has never changed when the United Nations took up the cudgel. And, and we're getting bashed into conformity along the way. And as they rise it up to, to, to levels, children are so confused. They don't know what they are. And they're all being told to be as promiscuous as, as possible. And I've got an article here I'll put up tonight too. It's about them. They're now teaching children, young girls in Britain, pole dancing at three years and, and younger. Pole dancing for strippers. And that's okay. And then you, you read another article there. Children under six are now on antidepressants and you wonder why. You wonder why they're on antidepressants. And this is them starting life. We've all been the casualties of a war. Most folk don't even know it's been going on. And uh, this is the end of it. Anyone who speaks out about it now, as I say, is a, a counter-terrorist. You're, you're against the great revolution, a counter-revolutionary. That's a fact. And the Arab world's, world's now, uh, they're getting hammered because they will not have any other type of culture except the one that's, uh, that's uh, directed and lauded from the United Nations and the guys who run the United Nations. Not the, the guys you hear in the newspapers, but the guys who set it up in the first place to bring all of this into being. So the whole of society, the fabric of society, the glue that held together, is to be totally annihilated to bring in the new. Most of that in the, in the first world countries has already happened. And they don't even know that. They've adapted through it. So we're going down so incredibly fast, and uh, the public haven't a clue. They adapt, and they adapt. They're amazed with all their toys. Uh, they, they're given nothing for real news, nothing for history, and they're, 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 they're taught, too, to be unconcerned about bombing uh, countries simply because the people you think are different than yourselves. And you'd, you'd just be amazed to find out just how much really in common you have with them. We'll all bleed, you know. We'll all bleed. Uh, we all want the same things, and uh, uh, they're being decimated by our tax money across the whole Western world because of a big global agenda uh, that we aren't even consulted on and that most folk are t- completely ignorant of. It's disgusting to be alive today, you know. Eventually there'll be a few so-called very primitive communities, already have them, by the way, uh, of tribes living across the world. They'll use them like museums, like they did in Brave New World. And uh, they may be the only safe places to go in the future where no one will molest you, male or female, uh, or, or, or children. You know, Maybe they'll be the only places left where they still have uh, the glue that holds them together and has helped them survive this long. But uh, everything is to be destroyed to make in, bring in the new. That's what they say. And God help us all. From Hamish Marcel from Ontario, Canada, as good night to me, your God, or your gods go with you. And when Clarence, Alex, and Bill may be called back tomorrow. Thanks very much. <laughs>